Stan stepped out of the hospital doors with the scrap of paper clutched so hard between his fingers it was starting to disintegrate against his sweaty skin. He forced himself to loosen his grip. Let the wind take the wretched thing. The words wouldn't change, however high they rose into the stark spring sky. The lingering March chill stung his eyes, making them water. He rubbed them and glanced to his left. A concrete path led along the front of the hospital to a fenced-off area, optimistically called a garden. He could just make out the jaunty blue sign fixed onto a plastic trellis threaded with shivering rose plants, inviting him to come in and relax. Fat chance. Bonnie was waiting for him through there, pacing up and down, telling herself over and over that it was going to be good news and he would have to be the one to savage her gorgeous optimism with a sharp cut of his piece of paper. I'm so sorry, Bonnie, Stan whispered. He looked out across the car park to the sprawl of Liverpool beyond. He didn't come to the city much, but he was strangely glad of it today. It seemed right to get the news that his life was ending here, in the city where he'd first met Bonnie, and it had felt as if it was truly starting. He glanced to the garden again and forced himself to move towards it. Bonnie had not been happy to be sent out, he knew that. He wasn't even sure why he'd done it. He'd intended her to be with him to see the consultant, but when Dr. Mirabi had asked, And will your wife be coming in with you? He'd panicked and said that maybe it was best if she waited outside. She'd objected, of course, but his illness, possible illness, as it had still been back then, had given him a strange, calm certainty, and he'd insisted. You can wait in the garden if you like, Dr. Mirabi had said to her kindly and Stan had been glad the doctor was there to share the force of Bonnie's glare. It had been the right decision, though. He wouldn't have wanted Bonnie in that blank room, wouldn't have been able to keep calm in the face of her distress. At least this way, he could compose himself a little before he broke it to her. Stan took three more steps towards the garden. A young woman was sitting on a bench ahead of him, wrapped so tightly in a blanket that only her head was visible. Her face, however, was turned up to the thin sun and her eyes were shut in quiet bliss. Stan guessed she hadn't felt fresh air for some time and his eyes slid to the tired-looking older lady at the girl's side. Her mother, it had to be. She was angled towards the girl and watching her with the sort of terrified love that she must have felt since the day she was put in her arms as a newborn. He offered her a smile and she returned it. Spring's coming, she said. I hope so. Her eyes pulled back to her daughter, and Stan moved on. A sudden wind whipped across the car park, sending a styrofoam cup scuttling across the pathway like a scared creature and tugging again at the letter in his hand. Once again, he considered letting it go, just sending it up into the clouds and forgetting about it. But Stan wasn't a man to turn his back on trouble. Forty years as a plumber and builder had taught him that ignoring even the smallest niggle only gave it license to grow. Issues had to be faced head-on to stand a chance of being dealt with properly. More's the pity. It's liver cancer, I'm afraid, Dr. Morabi had said, as Stan sat there, mute and alone. Stage four. Stage four, Stan had asked blankly, and the doctor had stalled. Would you like to fetch your wife back in before we go through all this? No, that is, no thank you. I can manage. You're very calm. A little bit of Stan had been proud at that. Proud? How stupid was he? Look at me, facing the news of my own mortality with a nice stiff upper lip, 
idiot. This wasn't the 1920s. He was allowed to rage and scream and even cry if he wanted. Not that he did. Should I not be calm? He'd asked instead. Oh, no, no, that is, uh, yes, uh, absolutely, it's the best way. The best way for what? Stan wondered now. He turned his eyes back to the city, letting them drift through the Liverpool bustle, over the Mersey into the fields of the Wirral beyond. Home. In his mind's eye, he could see the stakes he and Bonnie had planted in the ground two weeks ago, marking out the footprint of their dream house. It had taken them years to get planning permission. Their twins had been bolshy teenagers when they bought up the land on the edge of the village, and now they were approaching middle age. But Bonnie had refused to give up, and at last they'd done it. Regulations had changed, she'd said, though he suspected it was more that her name as an award-winning local architect had finally swayed the council. It didn't matter. That piece of paper, with permission to build their dream home, had been so very welcome. They'd drunk champagne the day it had arrived, proper stuff they'd been saving for his seventieth.